Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this NFL Draft edition of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Maddie D and I break down the 2009 NFL Draft. We go through every pick in the first round and try to predict who is going to be taken. Very hard emphasis on the word try there as it is. Going to be a lot of fun to see how this draft shakes out. We go through some sleeper picks, some theories. We try to get really out there, have a really fun time with it. Really excited to hear what you guys think because, like I said, the draft can go any which way. So we were just out there theorizing. We want to hear what you guys think, too. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderBlogSports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. Here we go. We are live! Welcome to this NFL Draft edition of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me is our draft expert, a one, Mr. Matthew DiStefano! What's up, buddy? Well, I mean, I am a draft, I mean, well... Who is really a draft expert? I mean, you just—we were just listening to the clip of uh, former Colts general manager just bash through uh, poor Mel Kiper. Um, but I got to tell you, not only is it draft week, which is a huge week for me personally, because for some reason I have such a love for it, but it's been a huge sports week, dude. This is it. Like we talked about it last week, but oh my god! Like last night, there's NHL game sevens. There's bat. There's uh, playoff basketball in the NBA, which has been incredible. The, the you know, we're obviously gonna you know there's baseball um, and then the NFL comes and starts to take over again like they always do this week, dude. There's just so much. Um, thank God there isn't a golf major this weekend, dude, because I don't think I could handle that. Okay, overload. Yeah. I mean, the second half of April, the beginning of May, because then we get everything. That's all you know. We get all like the 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 Kentucky Derby, the PGA is in, is in May now. Uh, you mentioned it this week, though, has been absolutely insane. We're recording this Wednesday night, Tuesday night, the two game sevens in the NHL, the Bruins beating the Leafs, knocking Canada out of the playoffs. And then the probably one of the best playoff hockey games this year, easily, and, and probably in the last couple of years of the Sharks coming back against the the Vegas Golden Knights, Vegas blowing a 3-1 series lead. I mean, and then our Sixers, the Sixers holding the Nets to zero points through half of a quarter of playoff basketball granted they weren't shooting well at all but their defense looked great and something that you're really excited for as a Sixers fan going into a second round matchup with the Toronto Raptors yeah well that I mean that's going to be a wild series right I mean the east is loaded um yes I think top four seeds in the east are stronger than top four seeds in the west I'm not discrediting the Warriors the Rockets or or even the the Tim uh, the Trailblazers who I I mean 
Dame Lillard is looking like a, the best player on the planet right now. But um, Nuggets, eh. I just think in terms of the matchups, the juiciness of the matchups, other than Warriors-Rockets, like the East, man, the East is going to be crazy, dude. Yeah, the second round of that's going to be absolutely insane. And the Bucks and Celtics renewing that series from last year, where at the end of it, it went to seven, and you just wanted more and more of it. Where, you know, can Giannis get over the hump? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm just stating facts of what happened of 18 years ago, Matt. But yep. the Sixers played the Raptors in the second round of the playoffs, and then they played the mm-hmm. Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, they didn't play the Pacers, but the Yahoo bracket has them right next to the Pacers like they did in 2001. So, you know, that's yeah. something. Um, you know, let's just do a little connect the dots, like jo- how Josh Allen's tall, like last year. Um, you know, there's a lot There's, there's a lot to be had. There's a lot to be had yeah. here. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, by the way, just, just to keep everybody updated, Wednesday night, right now, Jazz and Rockets battling in Houston. Rockets with the chance to eliminate the Jazz and kind of, the expectation is Golden State will beat the Clippers tonight, which means if the Rockets can't somehow pull it out in Game 5, they're going to be playing more and, and, and they'll have shorter rest with older stars. So I, I think they both both the Golden State and Rockets need to close it out tonight. Yes. Um, Are you because- glad that the NBA finally decided to just let the next series go? Because the Sixers and Raptors are scheduled to, pl- to for their Game 1 on Saturday. And if the Spurs and Nuggets go to 7, they would play Saturday as well. Which I'm really I, glad that they started doing that. I didn't really like the whole wait for the series to finish up. So deal. I don't mind doing that between. I I don't mind like the East and the East. So look like I I wouldn't. Let's say the Rockets and Warriors had swept the their their opponents. Their opponents. And yeah. the Nuggets and Spurs were going to battle till seven games. I I think they're. I wouldn't want the Rockets and Warriors to start before that other series ended in the West. Like uh, I, I, I want to be like the. The potential opponents for the next round, those right. two series start. Uh, that's fair, yeah. Because because that Celtics box is Sunday, yeah. yeah. First of all, it depends on if you think rest is a good thing. This is a, this is a, a this is actually a conversation sports in general. If yeah. you think during, it, but not regular season, but during the playoffs, if it's good to rest mm-hmm. because sometimes you lose that rhythm. Uh, the 07 Rockies. It's that theory. They won too quickly, and the Red right. Sox went to seven games. That's why they swept the Rockies. Right, right, exactly. So I, I definitely think it's better. I, I like a rhythm. I don't necessarily need seven games, but I yeah. think if you're um, some of these teams now, I know you might have older vets. You know, if you think about like Chris Paul, could certainly probably use a little bit of time off. Um, mm-hmm. But part of me is keep that rhythm, keep that because you want to make. I mean, look, every I know the intensity is racked up in playoffs across all sports, but it's also in in the moment. It, you want to just be doing things unconsciously. You want to be in that regular season rhythm. You may rack up your defensive intensity. You may be focusing harder, but you want business as usual. You know, like so. I'm I'm a bigger fan of letting it roll, but that's that's me. I would rather. I don't know. I'm not a a bye week guy. I'm not a longer delay guy, but. You know, yeah, some, the only, some the, players probably like that. Yeah, the only time that I that I really am against well, I I agree, roll it in the playoffs. Uh the bye week also annoys me in, in football specifically because there's teams the Eagles once again are on this list, but there are teams who get just the real the sh- the real short end of the stick of teams that get you know so much more rest and you can say, All right, just beat the teams on your schedule that the Patriots have the have the largest proportion of their games or largest number of days off, I think is what the actual stat is of their opponents for this upcoming year, either teams coming off buys or teams that play Thursday night football, so on and so forth. 
you know, the Patriot, you know, the Patriots are doing the Patriots thing of saying, you know, we're going to beat the guys on our schedule. We're, you know, Seattle, 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 you know what Belichick says, but there is something to it. In 2016, the Eagles had that where they got kind of, kind of boned that way. And then the next year they didn't. And, and, you know, we had rookie Carson versus sophomore Carson. So there's that too, but I don't know. There, there is something about, about it, but in the playoffs, thousand percent, keep it rolling. But I like that thought. That's a good thought of, as long as your next round opponent also gets that of of keeping it at least somewhat similar, I would I'd be fair I'd be fine if you started maybe a day or two earlier so that to reward you for winning quicker, you and your opponent yeah. whoever ultimately pulls it out, but keep it at least close enough. What I dislike yeah. is two years ago where we had a week and a half of no basketball because the Cavaliers and the Warriors swept everybody because ABC had to fucking fill their schedule well, out. I- I get that. I guess to an extent. I, I guess I like the happy medium, kind of play it as it lies, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I know that's not the easiest thing to do, but um, yeah, I'm yeah with you. With like I said, across all sports, I think there's two very distinct. It's like resting guys at the end of the NFL season. A lot of times that backfires. Oh yeah, 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 but, for sure. Um, right. Although, I mean, sometimes if you're you're doing it, it just doesn't. so that you don't have to go after a record, all four major sports. Either te- teams that hold the record for wins never won a won a championship has now proven by Tampa Bay losing. There you go. Right. That's yeah. you are correct. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. What do you think about that? Tampa Bay didn't just lose, by the way. They got uh, schlacked. They but got, uh, got, I, I digress. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. So let's go. Let's jump into football. We can. Yeah. We can talk about all the other sports all we want. So the NFL draft in Nashville this year, um, Matt. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it. It's been all over. It looks incredible. Right on Broadway. Um, are you excited that the, you know, obviously it was here two years ago. It was in Chicago last year. I know it was in Dallas last year. It was in Chicago three years ago. Um, yeah. Are you excited that that, that they've kept up with this, you know, this countrywide tour of going to every different stadium and especially going to a place like Nashville? Is that something that you'd like to see them continue doing? Yes. Um, at first I was against it. I wanted it back here, but now I realize it's a really cool opportunity for each one of these cities to host. Um, you know, and, and I, I love the fact they're going to Nashville. I hope they hit a lot of these major cities, um, and, and kind of go after it. I honestly wouldn't even be opposed if they did it in a, in a different country, you know, if they went to London one year or I I don't know if they can go over to Asia, that might be too difficult, but I, I do. I think it's really fun. Um, it was a great venue at, you know, at, at, with, uh, and the art museum steps for Philly. It was, it, you know, I hate to say it. Uh, hate the team, love the house. It was really cool to have it in Jerry World. We'll see what Nashville does. I'm sure they can put on a show. There's a lot of iconic places across the country where they could host the draft, and I think it's a good idea to kind of bounce it around and pick some of these cool spots. Um, you know, they could do it down in New Orleans. They could do it on, you know, somehow do it near Bourbon Street, you know, down yeah. by the water. I feel somewhere like New Orleans is, is the natural next city. They're uh, yeah, like I, LA. LA. Yeah, if LA, I feel like LA, LA will do it whenever that new stadium opens. It'll well, be concurrent with thing, that. Though, LA might be able to do it somewhere down in Hollywood at, at a famous lo- locale. There's some really cool options there for them. I mean, I, I ESPN broadcast the thing. They have the Disney lot. That's right. A slam dunk. Yeah. Right. Yep. I'm with you. Um, Vegas, yeah. whenever the Raiders finally move there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be. Oh my god! <laughs> have you ever heard some of like some of the crazy stories? Like, have you ever heard Chris Long's draft story where like his friends got him kicked out of the the hotel the night before the draft for like burning mattresses? Could you only right. imagine that That'd in be, Las Vegas? Oh my god, it'd be wild! I definitely think they'll do it in Vegas at some point. I mean, that makes way too much sense to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll oh see. yeah, easily. We'll see. 
Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, if we have, if you have it somewhere in like Detroit or Minnesota, you get more of those pictures like Kyle Long out fishing with his dad. Remember that? That's true. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was really cool. I love it. I honestly don't even mind when players stay with their families or no, wherever not they're at from. All. It's, it's cool. I, I like having it's some cool of them there. See him come up with Goodell, but I mean, at the same time, it's, it's your moment. You're do it where you're more comfortable. Your, yep. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get a choice of where you're going. You might as well get a choice of where you're getting the call. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, it should be a hell of a draft this year, by the way. Yes. I oh, think yeah. it's one of the more intriguing drafts because, first of all, this is a defensive-heavy draft, and it's particularly devoid of offensive playmakers, in particular early in the draft. There are some guys. But early in the draft, this is a defensive-heavy draft. There's obviously quarterbacks everybody's talking about. The other weird thing, though, is if you look at the top – I mean, I'll tell you, the top 10 picks. So I'll give you the order. Cardinals, 49ers, Jets, Raiders, Bucks, Giants, Jaguars, Lions, Bills, Broncos. Now, normally there's multiple quarterbacks taking the top 10, and I'm not saying there won't be. But theoretically, the Cardinals have Josh Rosen. They drafted him in the first round last year. Yep. 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. Jets have Sam Darnold. Raiders have Derek Carr. Bucks have re-upped Jameis Winston. The Giants re-signed Eli Manning. The Jaguars just dumped a ton of money into Nick Foles. The Lions have Matthew Stafford. The Bills have Jer- uh, have uh, Josh Allen. The Broncos have Joe Flacco. So theoretically, none of those teams I just named are required or even have a you, – you could argue that their front offices don't think they have a desperate need for quarterback. Um, yeah. That's a really good point, though. Man. I think it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I mean, we'll talk about the the first pick in, in a few minutes here. But I mean, you hit the nail on the head with Josh Rosen. I mean, they took him the first round. Almost he had every been, mock draft you have. Last year. Statistically, he had a, a, a for a rookie quarterback with limited weapons. I know Larry's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, but David Johnson wasn't himself again. No. You know the offensive line struggled. The deep, I mean, this this was the worst team in football. Hence, they have the number one overall pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the I heard a couple really good points of like that guys like Mitch Trubisky didn't really have a good team around him his first year. Jared Goff had a so had a subpar team around him his first year. Like guys, you know, I mean Carson Wentz the Eagles didn't play very well in his first year, and he look at that second year that he had. I mean, right. all these top quarterbacks they had really shitty teams, and yeah, they went out and made, and made some really good signings, some good trades too. But you know, they still had higher picks. They missed the playoffs in their first years. Uh, with with these guys and look what they've been able to do. I mean, especially the Rams who went to the Super Bowl and they did this all while moving. I mean, obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but we can you know, talk about Nick Foles and all that another time. But, right. you know, I think the Cardinal it, it'll be really, really intriguing to see what they do. Um, and do you want to just jump right into that first pick and talk yeah, about the, and talk about what the Cardinals should what, – what do you think they should do and what do you think they will do? Yeah, I mean, here's – I mean, this is the – I got to tell you, I, I don't envy GM uh, Steve Kime and, and uh, head coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury here because this might be the most difficult choice of the draft. You know, the problem is they've kind of they, – they may have waited too long to try to trade Josh Rosen and get any value for him if yes. they want to go Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, excuse me. It, they have to think he's the best quarterback in this draft – they have to think he's a, a transcendent star like Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's mm-hmm. kind of paved the way for this pick, by the way. I mean, he really has with – he because just like Kyler, undersized, 
both Oklahoma guys, both Heisman Trophy winners. I, if if I was the GM, I wouldn't I wouldn't take Kyler Murray. I would trade this pick for whoever wants it. I'd find the best value I can. You call the Raiders and see if John Gruden wants him. You call the Giants, see if they want number one, and you see if you can get their their pick in a first round and a second round or something. I, I trade back personally, um, and I roll with Josh Rosen. I think they're going to take Murray, and I think they're going to try to trade Rosen. Uh, and I and I basically Cliff Kingsbury is tying himself to, to Murray. And you know what? It may work out in fashion, or might you know just burn and crash, crash and burn. So we'll see. Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of the the Josh Rosen trade stock stock that pr- a lot of that price comes out of the time value. You know, mm-hmm. there certainly is the the skill that you're acquiring there, but. Yeah, now that there isn't much time and and you're trying to figure it out, even probably trading back the pick, uh, you're not going to get as much as you might have been able to a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, Josh Rosen, though, that time value, probably it's still a little bit, but it, it drastically expired a month ago. And it did. Figuring out what you wanted. Into that corner, right. Yeah, exactly. So now you're, now you're putting yourself into a position of you're either looking to dump this pick either tomorrow mm-hmm. morning, tomorrow, when you're on the clock, whatever your yep. deal is, or you take Kyler Murray, and now you have to figure out something to do with Josh Rosen. And mm-hmm. instead of getting, you know, I don't, I don't know what they could have gotten. I don't, not great at at draft pick analysis because I've, you know, I thought us getting JHIE for a fourth round pick was a steal. Um, but well, hey, that's just the run running football. rate. That's the running rate for for running backs, as it yeah. seems. Um, right. So, my point being is that if they trade Josh Rosen. A, who's going to be the dance partner to, to go there, and B, do they have the goods that Arizona wants for this? Because being picky, you're not really in the position to be doing that. But if they decide to trade the pick back, who would be a likely dance partner to to try to jump up there? Who's the the draft day Cleveland Browns, if you will? Well, I mentioned the rate. Good reference. I mentioned the Raiders because apparently Gruden is in love with Kyler Murray. I, I just think the, the hard part there is Derek Carr and his Albatross contract. I don't know what you have to cut him and eat that dead money. I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of potential issues there, but I could totally see him doing it. Um, I think kind of the one that's under the radar here is I'm really on the fence, but number th- at number 13 sit, sits the Miami Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter. Okay. Now, some people have said, and I actually like their current plan, they're kind of doing a, a organic rebuild, and I think they're kind of thinking, all right, we've got guys like Tua, Trevor Lawrence coming out in the next couple of years, there's a couple other prospects. Let's just wait and until next year and get our quarterback. But this is a bold move. If the dog, they have, It's going to cost them a lot, a lot of picks to do it, but if they think Kyler's the answer, they actually have a decent roster on that team. It's been quarterback play to an extent that's kind of held them back. Mm-hmm. So they've got weapons and Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills. They've got Kenyon Drake at running back. Not not as bad of a team as you think. Mm-hmm. This is where they could make their move. It would cost a lot, but they're my dark horse um, you know, to jump up, I think. Other than the, the obvious candidates of the Raiders and the Giants, uh, who I think. It's not in the Broncos' blood, who are quarterback searching even with their trade. But I don't think it's in the Broncos' blood to make that move up. No, I would agree with you there. I, I don't think John Elway is going to make going to make that big of a of a leveraged move to try to do something like that, especially the la- how the last couple years have gone since winning mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Um, talk about kind of just a dud of a few seasons since 2015, yep. right? I mean, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
you can, I mean, you can say what you will of anybody else, but the Broncos have had a little bit of a rough run there. Yeah, I, that's actually, I like that dark horse pick a lot. I, if I had a pick, I'd think maybe the Giants do. They try to make some sort of splash, but I don't know. I don't know if if swapping one for six, number one for number six with on, on draft day, if the Giants are willing to give up what, the, what Arizona would be asking for. And I, I don't know if, if, you know, both sides come to an agreeable, happy medium to, to try to make the pick there. Cause somebody's going to, somebody's going to have to bend and break and really, really want Kyler Murray so much more than the other. And even if Arizona doesn't totally want him, they might just not, you know, they, I think they want such a high asking price and they're just realizing now, Oh, we could have traded this back and, and they're, now they're getting stuck there. Right. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they're probably, I think in reality, they're probably going to stick with it and pick him. Then it's yeah, just a question too. of what do you do with Josh Rosen and, and what will they trade for him or what will they get yeah. to try to trade for him? Well, I'll tell you one of the first teams that's going to make a phone call if that happens will be the New England Patriots offering a fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, oh, because man. I think it's a great potential move for them. The, pa- the Patriots, the Chargers, and um, the um, the Giants all apparently inquired at some point about Rosen just trying to feel out the Interesting. Yep. Here's, and here's Interesting. The, here, yeah, yeah. Here's the positive. So whatever the, the Cardinals do, the next three teams are – they don't even care, honestly. The 49ers, the Jets, and the Raiders. Raiders are the wild card. I'll tell you, the 49ers and the Jets have the best position. I even argue the Jets have the better position. Most people think the 49ers will take Nick Bosa, who's arguably considered the best draft prospect this year, just like his brother Joey, a superstar defensive end, seems to check almost all the boxes. Um the 49ers can take him and go home happy. And then that leaves the Jets with the opportunity to take Quinn Williams, the excellent defensive tackle out of Alabama, or mm-hmm. Josh Allen, the excellent edge rusher out of Kentucky. They could even consider um, um, Ed Oliver, who's there, you know, who's another great defensive tackle. Uh, they've got a lot of potential options. But I think Williams or Allen comes off the board at three. Um Either so, way, the Jets are going to get an impact defender, which they desperately need. Did uh, did so come into the year last last August when we were doing our previews for co- the college football season, we were thinking Ed Oliver might be a number one. Can you explain yes. to me and, and the rest of the audience of just why why is Oliver now behind like Quinn Williams, Josh Allen, and Nick Bosa? Yeah. I mean, obviously Nick Bosa had everything that went on, but what what ended up making the difference here is it just. Ohio State versus Houston, or, or what? What's the deal here? I mean, a couple things. One, his production as compared to Quinton Williams, who I know played at Alabama, but also played against better, better offensive offensive lines and better teams, had a very productive breakout. He wasn't Quinton Williams wasn't even on draft boards. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, same way, had been in the spotlight for a long time. Um, other issue you have with Ed Oliver is he got injured this year. Now he didn't necessarily fight his way back in somewhat on purpose because he didn't want to you know, injure himself again and then drop even farther down. There's also a little bit, and this is going to sound weird, but there's a tad bit of character concern with Ed Oliver. Interesting. Which, okay. When you're, when you're talking about draft, when you're, when, you're, when you're really comparing tomato, tomato, some would say between Williams and Oliver and Allen, these things mm-hmm. matter you know, a little bit. Um, and I think – I think that jumped off the screen and, and, and has made some teams a little bit nervous. Okay. Um, he is a, and he is a little bit undersized. 
So he's two. He's going to end up being like 275, 280, which is going to put him in a 3-4 position, most a 4-3 defensive tackle position at best. Um, but I will tell you once again, I mean, you watch him on tape, he's a monster. He also has great pursuit. You're talking about Ed Oliver? Ed Oliver, yeah. He also has great, great pursuit. Um, so I think the problem is they're just not exactly sure – what you're getting because of his size they're not exactly sure where he can go okay um and and i think that's one of the issues there is is he's where's he gonna go um like where, where do you put him in the line i think that you got to just take a look at what the eagles have done with moving defensive ends to uh you know defensive tackle and defensive tackles out the defensive end i mean you can be versatile now because oliver will play hard every snap i mean that much you can know for sure um but he does not have the versatility of Quentin Williams, and he doesn't have the pure pass rush, in particular speed, that Josh Allen will bring to the table, um, which is why I think he's dropped to even number four behind Rashawn – number five behind uh, behind the Michigan product, Rashawn Gary, who is another athletic freak. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very so nice. Yeah. I- there's, there's a, here's the thing, though. There's so much defensive line talent in this draft. It's unreal. Yeah. I was about to ask you, I've seen Devin White on a lot of a lot of top five picks. Do you where do you see him dropping in? Do you see him five, going five five, six? If there was actually a lock in this draft, I would actually over Nick Bosa to the 49ers, it would be Devin White to the Bucks. This guy is I watched him a lot in college. He's as good as it gets, man. He's sideline to sideline. Um, he's a he's a new age linebacker. He's physical, strong, quick. He's intelligent. He's a quarterback on the defensive side. The uh, the Bucks just lost Quan Alexander, who signed with the 49ers. So he he's a, an easy candidate to plug and play. Um, man, I got to tell you, he I would honestly, if the Eagles could get him, I would be a happy man. But there's just too much capital to move that far up. He's going to be a, an immediate plug and play and possibly a pro bowler. Um, he's Bobby Wagner, Wagner, Luke Keekley good. I don't, I don't, I think he's almost as close to can't miss as you can get, to be honest with you in this draft. He, to me, competes with Nick Bosa for number one overall prospect, not need, but just prospect. I like um, it. I was trying yeah. to find a, on my gambling website a, if they had specific draft positions. They have over unders. Uh, I wanted to to tell you the odds and see if you'd take it or not. But no, I like that a lot. Yeah. Cause I've seen that. I've seen him to the bucks on pretty much everything to replace guys like Quan Alexander and, and really fill in that, that Tampa Bay spot. Um, I forgot to ask you before we jumped off of, um, off of the, the Raiders, what do you take about the whole Raiders situation coming into the draft, sending all their guys home? Um, how, how do you feel about that? You know, I, I mean, the Raiders need to, Gruden's doing his thing, okay. So you can't you can't fault Gruden for being himself, right? But they're adding personality to that team with Antonio. But the expectation is they're going to win. The NFL desperately wants that as they try to go to um, Vegas. As they try to go to Vegas, yeah, I think that's. Not, I'm not saying the NFL had any any say in this whatsoever. I'm just saying the NFL has an interest for this. Um, I just think Gruden is kind of digging himself to me like a little bit of a he, – he better be good or there's going to be some problems. I, I don't know. I, I 
I get a little concerned about about the Raiders sometimes because it's the Wild West out there right now. I mean, they could honestly they could trade up for Kyler Murray. I mean, wow, there could be a lot of things happening. There's a lot. So I, I mean, obviously they have three picks in the first round, so yep. it'll be really interesting to see what they do. I think it's just it's such a and the correct answer, Matt, would have been you starting with. I'll tell you what, man. That's what reminded me to ask you the question. <laughs> but there's so much that he can do with this, and yeah. whether or not it's it's trying to even trading the pick back. I wouldn't. I would not yeah. be surprised to see him try to to pawn this off for another first swap first rounds and get like a second mm-hmm. or a third from a team. I don't mm-hmm. know who would be that. This is a real real reach for me. I don't know if you say to a team like the Bills who are looking for defensive talent could be looking for offensive line talent so maybe they want to sit where they are at number nine if you want to go with the Bengals, who are looking somewhere for for different players i mean defensively is probably where they want to go you might be able to figure out something with them with swapping picks um but seeing what gruden and what that and what chucky's doing at work uh, it's going to be really interesting tomorrow tomorrow night to keep an eye out on on it and yeah yeah it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun night to watch, especially that for those first five picks. Um, but back to the bucks. I mean, I think where they're going with everything that they have, I think they're going to be in a really interesting spot with Devin white and might not be the greatest season for them in 2019, but I think they're starting to put the building blocks together. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, if, if, if they're in love with like Josh Allen, I understand the pick because this is a team that with with that division with Ryan and Breeze and even Cam Newton, they need pass rushers and they don't necessarily always have had them. The Vinny Curry mm. experience did, experiment didn't work out. He's back in Philly. Um, if someone like Josh Allen drops or another defensive guy, I think they could. I could easily see them taking taking him. Um, yeah. but I, I like the white pick there. I think it's smart for them. They need that replacement and he, he'd be a hell of a replacement. I mean, yeah, I'm really good. So we'll see. Yeah. So we, uh, so let's, let's keep it moving. We the giants. You think they're going defensive you don't think they're going to try to take a quarterback? I don't think they're going quarterback. Here's the yeah. thing. If they're not sold, and I, I hate to say this cause I, I would love them to take a quarterback that I don't think it's going to be any good, but if they're not sold in a quarterback, they don't have to take one. That's a five-year commitment on a first rounder potentially. You know, that's a lot. Uh, I think they are not going to do it. I think they're going to take a, a very good defensive player. They desperately need somebody. They could totally look defensively, a defensive line, because they just traded Olivier Vernon away. So you could see them going after if somebody falls, like um, like Oliver or Allen. Uh, you've got – we talked about Rashawn Gary, which I would hate if he went there because it would kill us to have to root against him. The other guy to take a look at is Montez Sweat, the defensive end from Mich- uh, Mississippi State, who's – Good. Um, so, I mean, there's so many, dude. There's so many defensive line prospects that you you can take one here and be very happy for the with the Giants. But that will be what I would do unless they fell in love with one of these quarterbacks, Haskins, Daniel Jones from Kentucky, Drew Locke from Missouri. But uh, I think they're going to go defense here. Yeah, that makes sense too. Uh, it really, I mean, it gives me brings me back to our high school days when the Giants basically did what the Eagles can do of their, their hockey lines of defensive of defensive linemen that just were relentless, relentless at the quarterback. Uh, And it made them great, man. Yeah, man. If the big blue, big blue machine gets back to where they are. Oh, Oh, well, let's keep it moving. Jacksonville Jaguars. I've seen TJ Hawkinson 
from mm-hmm. Iowa, the tight end, on a couple different couple different uh, mock drafts. Is that a guy you think is a viable pick for the Jaguars, or you think they should try to continue to bolster their defense? I, I think it's a viable pick, and I wouldn't be. I don't think it's a bad pick. No. Um, I think the thing the Jaguars are a little ticked off that they don't have. There's no elite wide receiver prospect here because that's what their desperate need is a big time playmaker on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think they desperately need an offensive lineman here. Yes. The two guys that stand out are Jawan Taylor from Florida, who's hyper athletic, very talented, or Jonah Williams from Alabama, who can mm-hmm. play tackle or guard and is also very, very good plug and play right away. Yep. I. I think they have to take one of those two guys. They have to protect their investment in Nick Foles. Foles doesn't need elite receivers necessarily, right? With his ability to get the ball out quickly, got a good offensive line that can hold up for a couple seconds. He'll do the rest. Also want to help Leonard Fournette out. So I think taking the best offensive lineman in their eyes here is is the better pick than TJ Hawkinson, who I think is a great tight end prospect. You got to go line out. Um, So I... I would rather see them go an offensive lineman here. I think it's smart for them as well. No, that's a fair point, uh, especially just to, like you said, add, add any and all protection. And that, I mean, you get you get a lot of those guys. You mentioned Williams. Andre Dillard's a guy that's that's hanging up there as well. Um, he really could, he could, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go higher than than eight or nine if he, if he mm-hmm. jumps in there. If somebody's really trying to go offensive protection, uh, he's another guy that could be p- plug and play, offensive tackle, real blindside protection there. Dwan Taylor, you mentioned. Yeah, um, I mean, this also isn't a bad spot. This list is just yeah. all big boys, and it's fun to this, see as a former lineman myself. Not even yeah. close to as big as these guys are. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be. This is, this is a real football guys draft, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not quarterbacks, wide receivers, running no. backs up at the top. But this, this is, is a this is a return to form. Well, Jaguar, the Jaguars, Lions, and Bills to me are the prime spot for a trade up. So if there's mm-hmm. a team here that wants a quarterback, the Broncos may be one. Hey, we don't want to take any chance that somebody else jumps up. We'll get our guy. Hey, Jaguars. They do the Trubisky trade. Let's trade up to the Jags. A couple yep. picks up. Let's say the Dolphins like somebody. The other wild card we didn't talk about is the is the Redskins. Yes. Alex Smith may never play again. This would be a prime Badly. spot. They're at 15. Can they jump up 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 7 8 or 9? Because you're going to jump – if you want the quarterback you want, you have to jump the Broncos because they appear pretty set on taking a quarterback, um, mm-hmm. most people believe. So if I'm the, the Jaguars or the Lions more so, let's take a look. Let's let's make a trade and see what we can do and get one of these teams to jump up and take a quarterback that they really want. The Giants have the capital to do it. The Raiders could move up again if they wanted to. Um, those would be some teams that I think would be interesting to watch in this area. Yeah, this is this is probably like you said. This is a prime spot for trades, a prime spot for really a lot of different. I mean, it's a fantasy football term here of you know flex picks. You really can yeah. find a number of different ways that it can go. Obviously, I just mentioned, and we've been talking a lot about the big boys in here. But you mentioned quarterbacks. You could probably see a team, and I don't think it'd be the greatest move in the world, but see a team try to go after like a Marquise Brown. Um, you know, think that a guy, you know, I'm trying to find other examples of, of wide receivers, but guys, those skill, yeah. those speedy skill positions or some D backs, if they really think that they need to protect themselves here. And I don't think you'd trade up to get them. I don't, I don't think a team like the Texans even would try to go up, but 
certainly trying to protect yourselves. And these picks, I think, become a vital point in terms of where you can flank, you know, flank your opponent in terms of uh, Mm -hmm. trying to leverage other picks out. Really intriguing spots here. I'm really interested in seeing what the Bills do because I think they need, I think they need offensive protection probably more than anything. Maybe some defensive help, maybe some linebackers, Mm but. um, No, I I really like them doing, I'm with you. I think they take whatever the Jaguars don't take. So if the Jaguars take take Taylor, I think they take limbs. The other guy is Andre Dillard of Washington State. He's a very yes. strong, sound player that could go here as well. That would make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. Uh, some people love him. Some people don't love him. So Dillard might not go here, but he's he has an opportunity in this spot. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm with you, though. I like the Bills taking an offensive lineman. They've, they've added some receivers. They could they try really, to replace. They really need to help Josh Allen out because he's – another guy another yeah. perfect example that we were just talking about with with Arizona another team that just had a really tough year protecting their quarterback and not a really a ton last year to help out with obviously they had everything with the Browns trade and was that going to work out and it sadly didn't but th- like you just mentioned they've, they've made some nice acquisitions and I think if done right the Bills could be better not not make noise but could be better than uh 2018 Right. Oh, I agree. I mean, this is a big pick for the Bills. They need to hit on this one to help, whether it's offensive line. I, I still don't think they go skill position because of their 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 the guys they've drafted, um, I mean, signed in free agency. But um, I think they need to help Josh Allen. He was on his butt scrambling too much for an elite quarterback. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, by the way, the tenth and the eleventh picks could both be quarterbacks. Watch the Bengals. New regime there. Andy Dalton's 32. I think the Bengals take a quarterback. I haven't seen it in any any of the big mock tracks I've been reading, but I think they take a quarterback. Yeah. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take Dwayne Haskins, Ohio guy. I I think Haskins and Locke uh, might go one, one, two here after Kyler Murray, obviously. One, two. Mm -hmm. I actually like Locke better than Haskins. Locke's, remember, Locke's stats will always be slightly deflated because he played at Missouri in the SEC. Really yep. like what Drew Locke has. He's got a great arm. He needs to work on a little vision and accuracy, but he could spend a year behind Andy Dalton. Yep. Um, Are you buying into at all? And, and we might be spoiling talk for later in the, later in the first round. The talk of of how quickly Daniel Jones has skyrocketed up. Yeah, I, I I don't buy into him at all. I don't dislike him. I just don't think he's a high first rounder. I think he's better if a team falls in love with him, trading in to get him at the end of the first. Um, He's like Mitch. We went to Duke, North Carolina. He's like Mitch Trubisky to me, but slightly more traditional quarterback. Um, I'm just not. I I struggle a little bit with 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 uh, with Daniel Jones. He flew up really fast. You can see he's kind of falling down a little bit, mm-hmm. which makes sense to me. And for those that don't know, this is the Duke quarterback, uh, You're right? Rise, which is why you Richard Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this isn't yeah, the, the the early the early Duke teams of this decade that did well, almost beat Johnny Mansell. Duke has not been the strongest in the last couple of years. Right, right. But he look, he's got a lot of, of positives to him. He's got the skill set. Mm-hmm. He's like a less poly, less winning Carson Wentz. I mean, he's not Carson Wentz. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I just say when you when you watch him, he he she shows you some things here or there that make you go, oh, this guy might be able to play. Um, but I think he's more of a project than a, than a plug and play. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking a project that doesn't have the ceiling of 
Carson Wentz, right? He was somewhat, quote unquote, a project, but was drafted second because he had all the intangible. Everything was there. I don't think Daniel Jones has the same ceiling as some of these guys. That's why I don't. Um, I don't. I, yeah, that's why I don't see him cool. going high. So I'm glad I asked now, but I'm also bummed I didn't wait until later in the first round. But yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think it's very possible we see Drew Drew Lock, Dwayne Haskins go 10 11. Mm-hmm. To whom, if it's Denver, to Cincinnati, if we see another team try to try to get in the action, like we talked about before, I think it's it's more Denver would be likely to trade back. That's more in their in their wheelhouse. I think Cincinnati stays pat at eleven. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see them do a Trubisky trade though. Go up to nine, go up to ten because they think they might have to. You mentioned that before. Um, they mm-hmm. they have to get into the top ten to to get. Haskins to get Locke, whoever they're, they they have a, a bigger feeling for. But I really, I'm seeing Brian Burns. I'm seeing other, you know, Devin Bush. A lot of other guys on on mock drafts. But I think, like you mentioned, Dalton's getting up there. He seems to get banged up every year. You might want to start looking at the future if you really like Haskins and the story fits well. It does. No, it does. It does. Um, then there's this whole plethora, I think, of really interesting picks here. Um, we don't have to definitely break down each individual one, mm-hmm. but we're going to start to see there's still tons of defensive line prospects. And offensive um, line, too. A lot yeah, on, offensive, on both sides of the ball. Line. A lot you're of trench battlers. Gonna, yeah, you're finally going to start to see a little bit of skill players come out. We mm-hmm. talked about TJ Hawkinson, who is a – Really good-looking Iowa prop tight end prospect. Packers make sense. Um, you know, you, you could you could see him going to a, another team that need that needs assistance there. Um, I think he's going to get picked. He actually might even go higher than twelve to the Packers. To be honest, you look at DK uh, Metcalf, who came out of Mississippi. Ole Miss now didn't necessarily overproduce there, but his metrics are off the charts. This is a combine superstar. Um, he also has a the guy that played across from him there was AJ Brown, who yes. also may be a good pick there. He's another guy to kind of watch out for. Yes. Um, you talked about Marquise Brown or Hollywood Brown. Yep. Great. Am name. I wrong to think he's gonna go higher? Like go like possibly like around the high teens or low teens, I, 13, I they, maybe even 12, 11. Because we always think that these injury, these big yeah. men are gonna go, but then skill positions fly off the shelves. Somebody yep. takes it and hearts are broken. We saw it two years ago. Am I wrong yeah. to think somebody might take him like 11? Like Broncos trade down to somebody? Really, if a team really needs the deep threat, his, the concern with him is he's not particularly big and he has injury history already. Mm-hmm. So some have considered him the number one wide receiver in the entire draft. Others have said, look, I'm just, we're just too concerned with the injury. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is where, and the other guy by the so there's two Mississippi wide receivers. There's also two Iowa tight ends. Noah Fant is the other guy. Oh, who's actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was higher rated the, um, than um, Hackinson, but he but Fant's more of a move tight end, so mm-hmm. more of a guy who's not a blocker. does not try. So you're going to start to see those guys go here. The other guy that might go is Josh Jacobs, the Alabama running back. He's the mm-hmm. only running back that has a legit first-round chance to go um, – but he, you might see him jump off the board here too. Do you think he goes higher? Though I've been seeing a lot, a lot of consensus, especially in the Marshawn Lynch retirement news. The Raiders take him at one of their final two first round picks. Or do you think yeah, similar to, to Brown that it's possible he somebody's like we need to we need to take a running back. Let's take him now at fourteen fifteen. 
I don't think anybody's going to trade up, right? The Dolphins, yeah. it's not a need for them. The Falcons have two guys. The Redskins have Darius Geis. The Panthers have McCaffrey. The Giants have Bar- – so, no, I think he fits really well if the Raiders want to pull the trigger. I don't think he goes to our birds, which we're getting to, but that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think he goes in the first round, to okay. be honest. Um, I, I just – I know Barkley went. I know how good he is a year he had last year, but you don't need him. There's other guys you can get here. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. But um, no, okay. but I like him. I mean, he's my number one. So it's not even, yes, but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm Only running back. I, 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 NFL.com's up. I have Yahoo's up. Only running back I see on either one right now for the first round. So, I mean, yeah. You're right. You're, you're right on target with the, uh, the so called experts, MPD. And we'll wrap <laughs> it up with some other, we'll wrap, you know, we, we're about to get through the first round here, but we'll wrap, yeah. we'll talk about some other intriguing prospects out of the first round. Um, mm. but I mean, I'll jump right to our birds. Number 25. Yep. Good, good spot. By the way, good spot to trade down. If guy, if a team wants to jump in for a quarterback yep. here, where do you, I'll, I'll, I'll leave, I'll start with you. What are your, your Howie Roseman? What anything running back wide receiver, offensive line? Defense, where are you going? Um, I mean, there's a plethora of linemen that's there not even necessarily um, a player just like what what where would you go position wise if you were going to go i mean in your mind what do you think's important i'd probably go offensive line find okay. someone you've seen injuries the last couple of years find somebody to mm-hmm. sure that up at least have a backup um get somebody you know get somebody groomed to take over some of our guys are getting a little bit older um in case one of them goes down because god forbid Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to yep. get banged up. Somebody's going to miss a game. Um, sure, some of that up. Uh, my backup might be it. It might be the secondary on the defense again, okay. just because of injuries. And I know we've two years ago when you know the, we made the Super Bowl run, the Eagles did. Um, that was a that was a strong point of it, and it was something I always I always feared. And part of you know part of their their problems last year were a lot of injuries in the on the in the back end. So that might be a spot that I. I would think of too, but I mean, I'd be okay with other defensive positions, some linebackers, some, some D tackles, but yeah, d- number one, I would, I would put offensive line. Gotcha. I'm with you as well, by the way, I- I'm either offensive or defensive line. So if Cody Ford, the Oklahoma guy is there, he's a tackle guard. Potentially if someone like Dillard falls to you, I like that one as well. Um, but if a guy like Dexter Lawrence from Clemson is available, oh baby, would, I mean he would look great. You can find offensive line prospects later. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I think I'll stop is if somehow White's off the board. If Devin Bush, the other consensus first rounder out of Michigan, we are desperate if he's at the line. Still hanging there. around. He if he's if somehow he falls. I don't know. I don't think he will. To be honest, I think teams rate him pretty close with White. If he yeah. falls to me, it's a no-brainer. You snap your finger and go. Yeah. We have nothing other than Bradham right now. Um, but I like defensive. I also like the Jeffrey Simmons guy out of Mississippi State. He's got an ACL injury, but we don't necessarily need him right away. Mm-hmm. So you bring he, he's a top honest. He's a top ten talent. If he didn't have the ACL tear, he was a fast riser. Um, I'd like I'd like him as well. So I'm either offensive or defensive I mean- line. There was a guy who's a consensus number one and had some knee problems and missed a little, you know, missed a couple of years. And, you know, we, we see how he's done in Philadelphia. So don't, don't, don't let knee injuries out of college fool you. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but so I, I think you, I don't, I think they're in a great position, and I wouldn't mind trading back. You can still get some good players at the top of the second. So if a team that wants a quarterback, like say the Giants, wants to trade in, I know they're at home. You can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah, I think offensive line. If there's not one you love, I would trade down. It's probably my yeah. my realistic yeah. idea of what the Eagles do. But who knows? Uh, how yeah. he's been creative with his picks the last couple of years mm-hmm. since regaining the, regaining the reins. Um, oh yeah. And there's and, you know, go ahead. Oh no, 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 you you finish your thought because I was gonna I was gonna move on. Well, I was gonna say twenty six to thirty two is a huge trade. Twenty five to thirty two is a huge trade in range. Um, you know, I'd be fine with them like, trading out of the first round. Me too. Me too. I yeah. think it's a great idea. You've watched the Patriots yeah. do it for years. Patriots are in a prime spot at thirty two. They could easily yeah. trade out, or they could take a. A lot of people haven't taken a tight end, which I get. Noah Fant, Irv Smith Jr., the Alabama guy who can who can mm-hmm. move. Um, or a wide receiver if they may want to go that route with, you know, obviously with Josh Gordon's problems and they don't really have a big guy on the outside. Um, yeah. The Rams, the Packers, the Chargers, the Seahawks are all guys who could trade out. By the way, there is an outside chance that no defensive backs go in the first round. Um, Byron Murphy is the consensus number one corner out of Washington. He's not bad, but he's good, but he, you know, but he's not necessarily a high pick. There's a couple other guys. There's a Temple product, Rock Yasin, cornerback at a Temple, um, mm-hmm. who who looks like he could be a player. Greedy Williams, who still has one of the best names ever, is a 6'3 corner out of LSU. He was a top five pick for a while, but he fell with some combine stuff. You might see him jump back up. But I, honest to God, there may not be a corner in the first round this year. Um, That's insane. Yep. The, yep. So – I'll jump in to the, to the second round. I'll just kind of jump into guys who I think have an opportunity that you haven't heard maybe talked about a lot. Okay. Um, I, I want to bring up the kind of number two running back, Miles Sanders, the Michigan pro- – I mean the Penn State product, excuse me, looks to be a do-it-all, more of a cat- pass-catching back, but he graded out really well. He's a target for the birds. You're mm-hmm. going to see him go probably somewhere in the second half. Um. The other guy is Jalen Ferguson, a defensive end out of Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. all-time sack leader in the NCAA. He can straight up play, so you might see him go somewhere um, that I really like. And for me, there's actually two cornerbacks, quarterbacks, excuse me, that I think make a lot of sense in the second and third round. That's Ryan Finley out of NC State. Okay, who is like probably that. more of an Alex Smithy kind of guy. Yeah. But my favorite quarterback in this draft is Finley's the got a cannon, too. He does. He does. My favorite, though, is the gunslinger out of West Virginia. Oh, baby. Where do you got I'm Will Greer all, going? I'm all in on Will Greer. I think he's going to end up going in the third round. I wish he would go higher. Um, this guy, though, he can make NFL throws. He's, he's, got, he's, he's played in big moments. He's taken care and he's done really good in big moments. Just watch out for him. Um, I I think he'd be a good fit for a team that maybe already has a starter, um, but he could easily go in the in the in the third round and be make somebody very happy in the third round. Mm-hmm. Why um, do you think so? Explain it. Explain it to me. Explain it to the audience. Why just the third round? He was obviously such a big name last year. What distinguishes him from Drew Locke? From you know, Dwayne Haskins obviously had a great year. Kyler Murray obviously had an awesome year. But what doesn't, you know, why does Daniel Jones jump up as a potential first round pick? And Will Greer, who put up these unreal numbers in the Big 12, 
sit to you as a third round pick? Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, this is kind of something that they a lot of guys love his leadership, but there mm-hmm. is a little bit of uh, trickle effect from his. He got basically he left Florida. He had a really good start in Florida with some off field issues. In particular, he had I believe it was uh, a, not a, not necessarily steroids, but some kind of performance enhancing drug that he took. So I just think when you're a quarterback, you're looking for somebody that has has that. Um, no, no issues kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a little bit. 6'2", 217. So he's not necessarily huge. Um, arm strength is an elite. That's the one thing I've got to say. He, he can make a lot of great touch throws, but he can't necessarily fire it in. Um, and they've seen a little problems with that. He does interview well. Um, I just think you got a guy who's willing to take some shots. He's made some big-time throws. Um, but then again, he also played in West Virginia's air, you know, kind of air raid offense where they're just mm-hmm. putting a lot of points up. So it, the arm, I know the arm strength is an issue, but I, I think it's something he can overcome. I love his moxie at the very least. He's a high, high end backup in this league. Okay. All right. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Makes sense enough. I'm just wanted to know where, uh, you know, where a lot of that comes from, yeah. you know, especially because Daniel Jones, obviously, I mean, we didn't talk about Cutcliffe, his his coach, who's a big Manning Manning family uh, patron, if you will, <laughs> one of yeah. one of Peyton's favorite favorite uh, favorite coaches to go to for for the quick tune up. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but that, that's fair enough. So outside of quarterbacks, who are guys that you're keeping an eye out on in the the later rounds, the middle rounds of this draft? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I mentioned there's always going to be some running backs, and I know I mentioned Miles Sanders. There are some others. Um, I I do so. Oh, and by the way, I, I want to, before I just leave the quarterback conversation, Brad Mays of Lehigh is oh, yeah. on team's radars. Yes, he is, baby. Possibly unwrapped a free agent. Great arm, obviously, has a lot to work on. But mm-hmm. you know they, they don't discredit a Lehigh quarterback. Possibly somebody fell in love, possibly being drafted late. I think you could see something there. Just going to just want to throw it out. I think it's worth me saying. Um, that would be pretty cool, by the way. Um, we've never had a pretty awesome drafted, have we? Not drafted. Um, we do also have Dom Bragalone, Bragalone, who went to the combine, time to four, uh, time to four, four, eight, forty. Um, you know, he he's up there. I don't know if he's if he's gonna get drafted. He might, depending on how running backs do. I think he'd probably be an undrafted free agent. Not the the tallest of guys out there too, only 5'11", 230. Uh, so if he really impresses guys, he he could be a guy that that turns out to be maybe a uh, a Danny Woodhead type. Uh, mm-hmm. If he really you know squeezes his way out of there, but while we're on the subject yeah. of uh, of Lehigh guys, you know, keep an eye out if you're a Lehigh alum yeah. like Matty D and I are. <laughs> yeah, a couple wide receivers. Uh, I think to monitor one is one of my favorite guys to watch in college, Hunter Renfro. Um, oh, yeah. he's not highly ranked, but he's the guy that right away is going to be a slot receiver. Um, he's made big catches in his life. He's a guy that somebody's going to take and be happy with. The other guy is JJ. This is a, this is a big time name. JJ Arcega Whiteside. He's a Stanford wideout, six two two twenty five jump ball guys. He's a mismatch player. I don't think he's, I think he's, I don't think he's Mike Evans, but I think he's a poor man's Mike Evans. This is a guy that somebody could kind of groom as a number two and he's could be drafted anywhere between 
I've heard second, but he's going to be a fourth or fifth round guy. Um, there's a guy to watch out for um, in, in, a, in a couple years from now as they kind of develop him into somewhat of a, a really, really good player. So uh, there's a guy for me that I'm kind of keeping my eye on that I would it's love nice. to see a team pick up that I like because I think he's got I think he's got some uh, some talent there. Awesome. Um, and by the way, Bryce Love as a running back hurt, you know, as a Heisman candidate. I don't know what he has left. I don't know if he's been used up, but just you know, there's another guy that people are teams are paying attention to. I think still um, yeah. at the running back position. So he, he almost feels like a Toby Gerhardt who was that big name coming out of college and then kind of lost a lot of steam. He got a little banged up also a Stanford guy. Um, and then, you know, did okay with the Vikings, I, you know, Bryce love. I, it's worth taking a shot at obviously. I mean, he did incredibly well behind Christian McCaffrey. And then obviously the two seasons he put together after McCaffrey left, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the the best running back class, but it certainly is going to no. be interesting to see where these guys go. There's some intriguing players, though. That's the one thing yeah. I will say. I mean, I mean, there's some intriguing running backs there, but they're more of um, specialty running backs to an extent, like a Benny Snell out of out of Kentucky, who's more of a bruiser. Tavon um, Williams out of Texas A&M, who's a quick little scat guy. That's what you're seeing more of here. Um, I think you'll find in this case a lot of guys along those lines for various reasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a fascinating draft, especially with the first round. These teams can just go in so many different directions. Um, it's always hard to project late in drafts because teams find players yeah. and they simply fall in love with. For sure. And, and that's who they're going to take. That's what's um, so funny about mock drafts is like the minute someone that there's a any sort of deviation off of what everybody thinks the draft is going to go. That's why I kept asking you, oh, am I crazy to think somebody's going to trade up and, and pick Josh Jacobs or, you know, Marquise Brown or somebody like that? Because this ends up happening every year. Somebody goes way earlier than we think they do. And then all of a sudden, the the middle of the first round becomes, we need wide receivers. This is what we need. Right. Somebody took him at seven. We need him at, at 12, 13, 14, And it just goes completely haywire. Two years ago was probably the the best example of that because you saw quarterbacks even as well that that just all of a sudden quarterbacks were flying off the board left and right when you thought it was going to be this you know typical we're we're rebuilding from within type of draft and that's what this this draft is starting to seem and I don't know if there's that same level of talent that could send this completely off the reservation um but we'll see what happens yeah yeah it's going to be fun you know, it's the positive is almost every team, every team and every fan somehow, some way comes out feeling absolutely great about the draft. It's it's a positive time for pretty much every franchise. So that's that I think is cool. That that's a good thing. Um, and and there's just a lot of prospects this year. A lot of like I said, the top of the draft loaded on defense. So we'll see what happens late because you're right, though. That I like your point. There may be a run in the middle of this. Somebody's gonna go way out of lot. You'll be like, "Who the heck drafted that? Um, that guy?" You know, and it's gonna get. That's what's fun. That's what makes it fun. That's why. That's why I tune in. I can't look away. Yeah, so, it's I'm gonna ready. be a lot of fun. I'm actually gonna be at the Phillies game tomorrow night. It's Andrew McCutcheon free T-shirt night, so um, I will be watching on my phone as I watch the Phillies take on the Miami Marlins. But yeah, the NFL draft. It. it I love that they moved to the Thursday to start the to kick this thing off. Um, 
I'd love to say I'd like to see them do one and two on this on one night, but after having been to round one two years ago, it's understandable why it's just it's just one one round on Thursday night because it's so so wild and so much stuff can happen. And then Friday night with the rounds two and three, and then Saturday where they just get the whole thing done. It kind of yeah. it just it makes it a it makes it an event. It's obviously it's a it's a business weekend for thirty two different for thirty two different franchises, but they really have upped the fr- the entertainment factor, which I think Nashville should do a really good spot, really good job of it. And I feel like if the NFL were going to make it more this fan friendly style, I feel like they could find it. Speaking this partially biasedly of of being a Philadelphian, but do the do the the Ben Franklin Parkway and the Art Museum steps. Do Broadway have the Vegas Strip? Do something in Hollywood. Have some sort of rotation like you do with the natural Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl destinations. Do the same thing with the draft. Are these fun, fun open locations? And I think Nashville probably is going to set might set the standard over this weekend. Oh, I think it might. I think I might. And you know, to um, to uh, to your point there, you know, I, I um. It's, it's fun to look back. So I also recommend before the draft, everybody take a look back, see what your team's drafted before. Um, it's pretty fun. But secondly, it's really cool now because I, I was with you. I wanted the first and second on the same night, but now it creates the first pick in the second round is now a gold mine. The yes. first five picks. Teams get the opportunity to sit and reset themselves. Trades happen. I think for the NFL, it, it makes tons of sense. And it, quite frankly, it's fun to watch. So I'm 100% with you. I really like the first, the, the first round, then the second and third, and then everything else that that Saturday. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, the first the first round. Hopefully, there's there's a nice little run, something for me to to check out on my subway ride home from the Phillies game, and then for me to to pop on the TV when I get back. But Matt, any other thoughts? Um, I have one last prospect I want to ask you about before before we wrap things up on this. But any other thoughts that you have? No, but that uh, look, we've covered a lot, and uh, I won't bore anyone further. <laughs> no, so <laughs> I want to ask you about one yeah. last prospect that's probably a little close to your heart. Where do you think Delaware safety Nasir Adderley, Adderley is going to go? Oh, first of all, great pickup. This guy was kind of somewhat of a first round pick there for a little bit. Um, some people thought he might go in the back half of the. Uh, of the first round, he's kind of fallen out a little bit. So I definitely think he's a, I think he's somewhat of a lock for that second round or a second day, I should say um, in this case. Uh, so I think he's going to be a mid second, maybe early third pick at worst. He's a good player. I mean, he, yeah. he, he can get after it. Um, don't know if he's, a, I wouldn't necessarily consider him like an elite prospect. Um, and some people have kind of dropped him down for a number of reasons. But I definitely think he's a second day. Um, he's a little too underside. He's the bulk up. Other than that, though, he can fly around the field. He can cover deep. He's definitely going to start his career as that free center field safety and go from there. If the Eagles take him, will this oh. heal your heart after the Mikhail Bridges trade? Well, we'll probably trade him right away, right? Yeah. For those that don't know, both Nasir Adderley – Matthew DiStefano and Mikael Bridges all went to the Great Valley High School. Uh, that's why I had to ask Matty D about about him. I would love to have him 
on the Eagles, but I would not low if I love the pick in our first round. I hate to yeah. say it. Um, just don't I think we can do a little better there. But that's all I'll leave it at that. Like I said, if they if they don't get an offensive lineman, trade back. Trade back yes. and get this year out early. Yes, correct. Be the correct. Ultimate. That's a great be idea. Right. Yeah. Yep. Matt, let's call Howie right now. Let's let's jump right, off. We'll get on the phone call. with him. Yeah. And you guys all tune in tomorrow to see how this first round shakes out. It's gonna be That'll be fun. Abso-fucking-lutely. And let's wrap this thing up because we actually have a second pod to record tonight, which will drop Friday morning, a bullpen card podcast coming at you. Um, but before, so that you don't miss it, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart. That's the name of our feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Matt Stefano 21 for Matty D's feed. Jordo 9 for my feed. I think that's the same as our instagrams as well thunderbox sports on instagram for us vanity thank you you were the driving force behind this podcast i did not even think about doing a nfl draft pod coming into the week so thank you as always all good all good all right so that's gonna wrap things up here for my man maddie d i am the g-man have a great weekend everybody and let's go birds fly eagles fly baby